Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Praise God. What an honor it is to have the opportunity to be in the presence of God with each and every one of you. So many faces that I see are hungry for a move of God, expecting for God to do something special in your life. And it is a a, a privilege to have the opportunity to get some time to worship with you. And uh, like I said, I thought it would be colder. And I see the Lord answered my prayer, brought some Florida sunshine in the, out here. So prayer works. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, I have just uh, so admired seeing uh, every one of you go after God the way that you have uh, today. And, and yesterday, all the volunteers, I just want to give honor to you, all the hard work that has gone into making something like this possible. And, uh, and uh, man, I'm just excited to get to spend some time with you, get into the word of the Lord, thankful uh, for the wonderful singers and musicians uh, doing such a great job. Uh, leading us into the presence of God. So thankful for the pastor of Calvary, Pastor Carson and uh, his wife and family. We love them so much. This wonderful leadership team. Amen. And uh, once again, I I don't plan on being long this morning. And... uh, um, I preached about 15 minutes last night. I mean, that was a record, y'all. I, I'm breaking records in Indianapolis. I'm telling you what. I'm, this is just a good place to break records. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, but I appreciate so much your attentiveness and all those that opened up their heart and uh, God filled with his spirit last night and uh, were baptized in the name of Jesus yesterday and Uh, Just excited, just exciting things. Uh, I'm going to go to the Word of God in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verse 1. And and I'm going to try to read through these scriptures quickly, but I believe it's an important story. And I believe that the most important thing I can do this morning is read the Word of God to you. His word is greater than anything that I can say about his word, uh, and it's alive. Gospel of Mark chapter 5, verse 1. L- listen intently to this story. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there m- met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit 
who had been dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out thou, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of pigs feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, send us into those pigs that we may enter into them. Got to be careful with bacon. Amen, amen. Said, send us into the pigs. Listen. And Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the pigs, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. I want to preach to you on this subject for a few minutes. God over graves. God over graves. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord one more time and let's ask God to have his way. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Everyone shout yes. God over graves. It's very interesting to try to put your mind around this story. For the battle started before Jesus ever met this man. And for many of us, really, before we ever get an opportunity to meet God, there's already an intense battle taking place. How many of you know that God is real? And, and how many of you know that there are demonic forces that would try to keep you from God. I'm looking at a bunch of people that have been through some stuff. The battle started before 
Jesus even meets the man because before he even gets an opportunity to meet the man, there is already a storm that is trying to prevent him from getting to shore. If you only understood what you have already overcome to just be here this morning. I'm looking at a bunch of victorious people because hell tried to do whatever he could to stop you from coming into this tent this morning, but he already lost a battle. There's already, it seems like the closer we get to God, it seems like the storm is, is rages on even more before we get to him. If you just say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with God, it seems like, you know, it seems like you're not being resisted by hell as much. Because hell's like, okay, they don't want to go nowhere, so, you know, I'm just going to keep them comfortable, you know. You know, just all of that. And, but the minute you say, you know what, I'm going to that tent revival. air condition go out at home come on somebody get a flat tire on the way come on somebody carbon faithful breakdown come on somebody a family start going crazy You're getting cursed out on the way to church today it seems like all hell starts breaking loose when you're trying to meet Jesus but here you are in the middle of a storm that lets me know that there is something great that it's on its way. There is something supernatural that is on this way. Uh, there was a storm that Jesus went through before he got to this man and I have to give a description of this man because there are people here that are in this man's same condition. The Bible says that this man that he dwelt among the tombs. He was already intoxicated with the idea of taking his life. He looked at the tombs because he thought the tombs was his future. He didn't feel like there was a reason for living. He would walk around the tombs and look at them already envisioning his death come on now already envisioning his future he was more comfortable around dead folk than he was around alive folk come on somebody he was more comfortable around depressed folk more comfortable around anxious folk than being around people that had the life of God on the inside of them he walked around this grave feeling like his life was hopeless feeling like he had no reason to live and he just dwelt there he made his bed there among those graves as he lived among those graves he not only lived there he got so enthralled with the idea of dying that he would take stones out of the graveyard and he would begin to cut himself hoping that he would hit the right vein and kill himself because he didn't want to live anymore so betrayed by people close to him so hurt and traumatized by the pain of yesterday 
that he didn't see that he had any future for today and tomorrow and as much as he cut himself for some reason he still couldn't die as much as he tried to commit suicide for some reason God wouldn't let him die I'm telling somebody in this building if you're still alive there's still hope there's still a future there's still a hope Hallelujah. It seems like the devil always wants to take advantage of us at our weakest moments. It's not enough just to have a weak moment. It's like the devil wants to come in and tries to make us take our life. Because if we take our life, we take away the possibility of a turnaround. The possibility for blessing. I'll never forget going through one of the darkest storms of my life. Rejected, rejected by family rejected by my stepdad and my biological father uh, standing in the heap of a graveyard uh, of broken dreams uh, never understanding what it would feel like to embrace a father uh, that loved me uh, and as I pace back and forth in that graveyard uh, looking at other people uh, and the lives that they had with their family uh, that I myself would never have uh, and as I sat down in that graveyard of pain uh, and depression uh, I began to cry out to God and when I cried out to God the devil immediately the devil came up to me and he whispered in my ear God's not listening to you why don't you just kill yourself when I heard the devil tell me to kill myself all of a sudden I said hold on oh I already feel like I'm not valuable but you're saying that if I kill myself you want me to kill myself because for some reason you don't want me to live because you you know that if I live that there's something great that's going to happen in my all of a sudden the Holy Ghost quickened me and said no I'm not taking my life I believe I got a future I believe I got a purpose I believe I got a heavenly father that loves me more hallelujah Hallelujah. I'm preaching to people that have been living in that graveyard, walking around a field of dreams that have been buried, walking around a field of promises that have been buried. He cut himself. He cut himself so much that he was walking around with fetters and chains, fetters and chains that people put on him. It's amazing how when people get tired of your storm, that they immediately start putting restrictions on you saying do this you'll get out of that depression exercise more come on somebody do this wake up earlier all this motivational speech to get you out of demonic possession or demonic torment but nothing natural can make the difference it's not until Jesus comes in and begins to move his glory around that there could be an anointing that breaks every chain People start trying to put little things on you. Try this, try that. And I'm looking at a bunch of people that tried it all. Come on, just, just drink a little bit. That'll take care of your sorrows. You drink a little bit, didn't help. Go ahead and smoke a little bit of this. 
Oh, I'm preaching in this place right now. <laughs> Smoke a little bit of that. You tried it. Didn't help. It's like the woman that had an issue of blood 12 years. The Bible says she tried everything. She spent all her money trying everything. But she grew nothing better, but rather she grew worse. It's like after you drink and that bottle's empty, you feel worse than you felt before. After you committed that sin, I thought you would feel better. But after you're filled with remorse and regret, nothing better, but rather grew worse. And those restrictions that society and people would try to put on you to tame you. I said, that's, that's a paradox. Binding you to tame you. Uh, when you're supposed to be free. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to be free. Night and day, he cried out in these tombs. Night and day, he paced back and forth crying in these tombs. But then there came a day that he saw Jesus. I love why the Bible says this. Afar off. Ooh. Oh, Lord. I, I don't confess that I'm close to God. But I thank God that I have a voice. That even when I'm far from him, if I begin to open up my mouth, that's all that he's looking for. Because he's as close as the mention of his name. And if you learn how to cry, Jesus! He's possessed. He's possessed with, possessed with thousands of devils. He's possessed with minimum 2,000 devils. Yet the Bible says when he sought Jesus afar off, he ran. How many of you know when you don't know what to do, you normally just run. You run. Most of y'all, you run in the opposite direction. Come on, somebody. We just run. When life gets crazy, we just run. When there's something going on in the family, you just run. You don't want to confront anything. You don't want to confront your demons. You just run. But he was tired of running away from God. So this time he ran to God. And when he ran to God, the Bible says that he worshiped. No devil in hell can stop you from worshiping. No devil in hell can stop you from lifting your hands. Hell tried to do everything that he could to stop you from coming, but here you are. And even though you've been tormented by the devil, you're lifting up your hands worshiping. You're shouting. You're... I'm looking at a bunch of people that want to be delivered. I'm looking at a bunch of people that want to be set free. I'm looking at a bunch of people that love God and are ready for God to do a work. Saw him afar off. I came and worshipped him. I came and worshipped, and that worship was preparation for his deliverance. As he worshipped, the enemy took over and began to speak and say, "Hey, just just send us 
Send us into the swine. Send us into these pigs. And the Bible says that Jesus cast the demon out of the man. And that when he cast the demon out of the man, that he, he was clothed and he was in his right mind. God, God healed him. But listen, but whatever was in the man, God sent into the pigs and the pigs couldn't tolerate those amount of demons and they ran full force into the sea they ran full force into the water and when they ran full force into the water after they went into the water and it was choked out the bible says that the man sat there clothed and in his right mind god gave him a peace what am i saying that whatever is in you uh, whatever filth that has tried to come in you uh, can I tell you the filth that's been in you uh, it cannot survive the water uh, and when that filth hits the water the water chokes out the filth what am I saying when you get baptized in Jesus name I don't care what filth you came in here with it cannot survive the water it cannot survive the water It can't survive the water. Your depression, it can't survive the water. Your past, it can't survive the water. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, every sin that you've ever done, it is washed away in a sea of forgetfulness. And when you come up out of that water, if all the filth stays in the water, but you walk as a new man, a new woman of God, you've got potential now. You've got destiny now. You've got an anointing now. Oh, somebody clap your hands if you thank God for the water. Come on, clap your hands a little bit louder if you thank God for the water. What's once what was in him got into those pigs. Those pigs ran into the water and they got choked in the water. And they never saw that filth again. Let me tell you what happens when you take on the name of Jesus in baptism. Whatever you walked in here with, whatever guilt, whatever sins, whatever trauma that you have been dealing with that has followed you and that has paced back and forth with you in the graveyard. Once they say I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and they put you under that water when you come up all things are passed away and behold all things have it can't follow you that fear cannot follow you home that sickness cannot follow you home that sin cannot it can't survive the water I'm telling you it can't survive the water after it went into the water that man set clothed and in his right mind once once you hit that water 
Oh God, the things that used to torment you. When the name of Jesus is spoken over you. Oh Lord, let me tell you what happens. You just switched graves. They're about to throw me out of this tent. I feel like preaching in this place. I said, you switched graves. Because when you choose, you don't choose the grave first where you're about to die in the tomb. No, you choose God. And once you choose God, he will lead you to his grave. And his grave is you become buried with him in baptism. I thank God for the grave. I thank God for the grave. I thank God for the grave. I switched graves. I used to walk around in a cave, in a grave of death, but now I'm buried with him in baptism, and it's a grave of new life. I'm coming out of this grave in the newness of life. Whenever you want to grow in your relationship with God, he will lead you to his grave. If you want your sins to be remitted, he will lead you to his grave. We identify with him. He was, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. We obey his death by repentance. We did that last night. We obey his burial by getting baptized in his name. And we obey his resurrection when we come up out of that water we get filled with his spirit oh god can i tell somebody the best decision that you can ever make is let the filth get in the water and you come out a new creature i want everybody to stand with me and clap their hands to the lord i feel the holy ghost here Romans, Romans 6, 3 says it this way. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. The Jews... In the book of Acts, they were, wave a hand if I'm helping somebody. You are just so hungry, you're pulling the word of God out of me. Uh, those Jews, those amazing people of God, they felt guilty because of Jesus through a council, through a determinate council. Jesus was convicted and went to the cross he died he was buried he rose again he sent his spirit the apostles came out of the upper room beginning to speak in a heavenly language and there was a conviction in the atmosphere because they were thinking about the filth of the decisions they made anybody ever made a bad decision they were tormented by the bad decision and the filthy decisions they made. 
And Peter began to preach conviction over them. He said, look, it's what you did that put him on the cross. Uh, you guys crucified the Lord. And they were so pricked in their heart. Look what it says in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall, how can I be saved from this sin? How can I get out of this filth? I'm so thankful that Peter didn't throw a chain on them. I'm so thankful he didn't put restrictions on them. Any Jewish law on them. But he said, this is how you get rid of the filth. This is how those sins are taken away forever. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call you say you know the filth can't survive the water I'm looking at people that have been wanting to make some decisions for God to take steps forward in God one of your biggest issues have been well I just want to get my life together first I want to do this first I want to fix this first I want to fix this first I want to do this first I want to do this first and, and the devil just keeps you pacing back and forth in the graveyard and you don't have any power in you to come out of it by yourself you, you need his spirit in you and you need to take on his name in baptism so he can give you a fresh start. This tent revival, it's a fresh start for Indiana. It's a fresh start for Indianapolis. It is a fresh start for your family. It's a fresh start for your marriage. It's a fresh start for your destiny. It is a fresh start. There are many people in here that have a hunger and a desire for every sin, every mistake, every failure, everything to be washed away forever. You've been buried by problems, but now you want to be buried in his name. I'm just switching graves. Hell tried to kill me, but, but I made it to his grave where I get buried with him. And just as he resurrected, I'm going to be able to resurrect. There are people here that have had a deep desire to make that step, to be baptized in Jesus' name. Some of you, you may have been sprinkled as a child. You may have tried to make a step of faith by being baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But can I tell you, there, nowhere in the Bible was anyone ever baptized in titles. No, nowhere, because it's only the name that can make a difference. 
But when I try to cast out a devil, I'm not using titles. I'm not using father, son, cousin. I, I, I got to go to the name because I believe that that name can make a difference. And, and if I, know, I know that it can heal me, but I believe it can set me free too. I know that it can heal me, but I believe it can wash my sins away too. Because Acts 4.12 says it this way, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name. Everybody say Jesus. Somebody say it again. Somebody just say it again. Let's just praise his name for a moment. He just deserves the praise. Come on, you can lift up your hands. You can open your mouth. Let's just thank him for a name that is above every name. Hallelujah. There are people here that are ready to take that step. God's been dealing with you for months. God's been dealing with you for years, for days. Some of you, even today, you know what you need to do. Because you have been a believer. Some of y'all have been a believer in God for a long time. But the gospel states, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. I want you to ask the person next to you. Have you been baptized? On both sides. On both sides. Ask them, have you been baptized in the name? If they're not sure, you need to tell them it's time. If they don't remember, tell them it's time. If they say, well, I want to wait, say it's time. listen whatever you don't want to get wet we have we have a baptistry ready for you we have robes we have towels this is a beautiful day to take on the name of jesus we will rejoice with you we will celebrate with you if they said they haven't been baptized tell them it's time I want you to grab them by the hand and I just want you to bring them forward. We're just going to rejoice with them and send a blessing over them. Come on, bring them by the hand and say, it's time. Come on, just bring them forward. Come on, just bring them forward. That's it, come up forward. We're just going to rejoice with you. We're going to speak a prayer of blessing over you. Come on, clap your hands for this woman of God coming forward. God's hand is on her life. Come on, there's more. Come on, there's more. Come on, there's more. It's time. Come on, clap your hands for another woman of God coming forward. This is a child of God that God loves, that God cares about. God has a plan.
come on there's more there's more there's more there's more there's more come on clap your hands for those coming forward come on that's it come forward we love you we've come to tell you we love you and more importantly God loves you God loves you so much he wants to put his name on you right now for those that have come forward I just want you to stretch your hands forward we're gonna pray for them I'm gonna pray the blessing of God on them and then they're gonna escort them to the baptistry Lord Jesus I speak the blessing of God on these wonderful people of God on these men and women of God God you have a plan for them Lord before you formed them in the belly you knew them and you had this day on your calendar that you would wash every sin away that they would come out with the victory I speak the blessing over them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ I, I need some people to begin to escort them to where the robes are I need some ministers to escort them where the robes are I need some ministers some leadership staff some volunteers can you come and show them where the robes are so they can start getting changed there's changing stations in the corner there's the baptistries in the corner can you begin to escort them over there that's it everybody from the front to the back can you lift up your hands as they're escorting these going forward that's it volunteers come show them where the baptistry is come on come on that's it Come on, that's it. That's it, give him some room to go up that aisle. That's it, give him some room to go up that aisle. Come on, can you clap your hands for what the Lord has done? There's more. That's it. Come on, can you rejoice with these people of God? There's room up there. Mahasa. That's it. hallelujah there's some people out there saying brother Jackson I'm begging you please don't mention baptism in Jesus name again because if, if you miss mention it one more time I'm gonna do it well can I say it again it's time to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and when you come up out of the water you're never going to be the same. You're never going to walk the same. You're never going to talk the same. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you've got a perfect name that's been applied to your imperfect life. And he is sufficient. He is able. He is able. For those of you that want to get baptized, come and meet us in the corner. We're going to line you up. We're going to rejoice over you. But before we go forward, I want you to grab the person's hand next to you where you are. We're going to worship together. We're going to worship over new beginnings. We're going to worship that we've chosen God over our grave. And that with him, all things are possible. Come on, worship with somebody near you right now. 
grab your hand and begin to pray over them and encourage them. You let them know God's got a plan for you. You let them know God's going to use you. Come on, open up your mouth and worship.